listening to Vantage Point Podcast, dedicated to giving godly perspective to everyday living. Let's get into this week's episode. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to Vantage Point Podcast, where we bring insight, keys, and perspective through the lens of God for everyday living. This is your host, Nick, and I'm so glad you're tuning in to week six of Persons of Interest Summer Takeover. If you've been following us, we've been all across the country in this series, visiting different speakers and allowing them to just pour into the Vantage Point family. And last week, we had to go back to LA, second time we've been in this series, to hear from the awesome man of God, Javert Fitzbogle. And if you did not get a chance to tune in, I'm telling you, you don't want to miss that episode. It's live on all our platforms. We've been to LA twice. We've been to Chicago, Tulsa, Washington, D.C. And today, this episode, we get to go north. We get to go up north. Uh, and I think the slogan is, we are the north. And so we're going to Toronto, Canada for this week in Vantage Point Summer Takeover. And you're going to hear from an amazing woman of God who has a podcast called The Shark Candid Podcast. She just also released a book around skincare, And um, you don't want to miss any of those things. And so without further ado, I'm going to bring to the Vantage Point stage, Charmaine Cooper. Well, hello everyone. It is such an honor for me to be with you on the Vantage Point podcast and really connecting with Nick and you as the audience, listeners or viewers, it's truly a delight and an honor and an esteemed privilege of mine uh, to be here with you today. And I'm saying hello and sending you shout outs all the way from Toronto, Canada. I am so honored to connect with you from right across the world. I know that the audience is not just in the States, but can I tell you what brings us together, no matter where in the uh, world that we are from, what brings us together is the love of God, the love for humanity, the love for mercy and justice, and to truly walk humbly before our God, no matter what platform that we've been given. And um, I'm so honored to have been given this platform that Nick has been given and been assigned stewardship over. And I'm just so blessed by the ministry that comes from this podcast on a regular basis. The guests that have been here for the summer takeover, what? Like they've been amazing. So this whole concept of summer takeover is like right on point because isn't that what we're called to do? Not takeover podcasts. (laughs) We're called as kingdom citizens to execute dominion, to follow through on that dominion mandate. We're not here to take it. We're called to take over. And that's all in humility and by the grace of God, but to truly walk out that dominion mandate that God has given to each and every one of us. So my assignment for our short time today is to stir up your pure mind and to remind you of the dominion mandate that you have on your life. You've been commissioned to do this. So it's like not okay for you to kind of sit by and let that pass because we are called to be owners with stewardship responsibility. I need us to hear that again. You are called as an 
owner, to have an owner mentality with stewardship responsibilities. That's awesome. So as we steward what God has given us, let's make sure that we do it with humility and with the grace and by the spirit of God. So my assignment today is to talk about something that's kind of touchy. It's kind of a little bit touchy. I know that as Christians or those of us who've been brought up in faith communities or in the church, and if you're not a Christian, I think you are also very familiar with this. You've heard the word faith. Faith is not fluid. Faith is actually substantial. It is something tangible, but it's not tangible in the normal way that we would dictate something to be tangible. So I'm going to be talking about faith over fear because as humans, as Christians, no matter what walk of life that you have experienced, the temptation to fear is going to come. So my question I want to start off by asking each and every one of you listening or watching is how are you doing? No, really, how? How are you doing? How are you doing if you were to gauge your level of faith, belief, trust, hope, where would you set that barometer meter right now? And come on, don't don't put it where you think you want it to be. Let's be honest and put it where you're at. How are you living? How are you speaking? Are you speaking faith-filled words? I'm talking outside of the church, outside of your online meetings, remote faith gatherings, outside with your boo, with your boy, with your girl, by yourself. What do you entertain on the inside of you? Are you faith-driven or are you fear-driven? Because the determining factor is going to be the telltale sign in what you speak. In the words that you release, I'm sorry, someone's got to tell you. (laughs) Someone's got to remind us, right? So let's go into why that is so important for us to understand. The words that we speak are evidence of what we are incubating on the inside. Is it faith or is it fear in your relationship, in your work, in your career, in your life, in what you believe you're called to do and being placed on this planet to do? So as kingdom citizens, because we know that kingdom is, uh, let's bring it this way. In England, that's a kingdom. That's a, that's a monarch. So whenever we're talking kingdom, it actually means literally a, 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 a system economy or a state or a government or a sphere of rule where a king or a queen is in place. It's a realm of rule. Let's put it that way, okay? So Queen Elizabeth, that is her realm, right? She is the monarch that is the queen of that realm. I know you know where I'm going. We're all called as kings and priests unto God. You know, we are called first as priests that are, are, are submitted to God, submitted to what he would have us to do. But guess what? He's placed us here to actually rule. And where do we rule from? Because he is the king of kings. We rule from his realm. Oh, that's good. Someone needs to write that down. 
We rule from not this realm. That's where we struggle. That's like pigeon mentality. Like you're plucking all the time. You're, you're pluck, 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 plucking. When you're supposed to be soaring because you're an eagle, you're of another class. Hear me. So when we rule and try to rule from this realm, we struggle. We bump heads. We come against roadblocks. Not to say that there's not going to be warfare, but when Christ was exerted from the grave to the right hand of the Father, guess what? He sat down. And in Ephesians, we hear that we are seated with him in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. There is a rest that comes when you are seated. So the kingdom is not out here. If you're seeing my hands, it's not somewhere away. It's not, oh God, if you can hear me, it's not praying and oh my goodness, you know, my prayers aren't hitting the ceiling. No, the kingdom is within you. That's what Luke 17, 20 says. 2021, I'll read the part B of verse 20 very quickly for those of us who are listening and can't get to your Bible apps or what have you, check this out. The kingdom of God does not come with observation. You can't see it in this realm. It's not a natural thing that you can put your hands on. Nor will they say, see it here or see it there. For indeed, the kingdom of God is within you. You've got an access to a realm of authority that is to be lived out here in this realm, but it comes from a higher authority. It comes from a higher realm. It comes from a realm that trumps everything in this realm. And that's the beauty of the kingdom of God and being part of that system. Well, we said we're going to talk about faith over fear, right? Well, what's the currency of that kingdom? Come on now, somebody talk back to me. So if I could hear you, I'd hear you talking back to me right now. The currency of that kingdom is faith. How do you uh, exchange in the earth, in the States, in South Africa, in New Zealand, wherever you are in Canada? How do you make an exchange here in this economy? You've got to make a currency exchange. You've got to make a check or transaction. Well, the transaction of the kingdom of God is faith. Without it, we can't even please the king. And this is not to say he's waiting with the ruler to slap us on the hand when we're not in faith, but that's what he respects. God isn't moved by, and we can't move God with our tears. He's touched with the feelings of our infirmities. He knows us. He loves us. He knows us through and through. He knows us better than we know ourselves. But it's not emotion that gets results. It is faith that gets results. That's the currency of the kingdom. I could cry all I want in that Best Buy. I want that TV. Oh my gosh, I really want. No, you don't understand. I really need that. You don't understand. I have like a box screen at home. I need that TV. Everyone has a TV but me. Can you please give me, until you put up the cash, hello, until you put up, the, the the exchange, the currency, they're not willing to talk to you. Now, God's going to talk to us. He loves us. He's with us always, always. When we're unfaithful, he remains faithful. But what moves, what he's given us, the authority to do is move in the earth with kingdom or heaven impact, bringing heaven to earth. Your will be done 
your kingdom come, your will be done. Heaven comes to earth through us, through what you say, through what the exchange that you're giving. Are you making an exchange with fear or are you making an exchange with faith? Because you get what you pay for. Ooh, write that one down too. You get what you pay for. The wages of sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ, our Lord. And if you use faith as a currency, we see that in the hall of faith, right? Hebrews 11. Oh, I got to read that. Hebrews 11. Let's go there now. Okay. So Hebrews 11, verse one to three. Love, love, love this. And we've all heard it. And even if you aren't in the church, lean in here because I really believe this is going to speak to you for your dreams, for what you desire to do. You're, you're called to more than just being boxed in. If you feel like you're being boxed in, it's because you're called to be out of the box. I'm here to let us know it's time to get out of your box. It's time to burst the box. Come on, say that with me. Burst the box. So verse one of Hebrews 11. Now faith is a substance of things hoped for, and it's the evidence. Some Bibles say it's the title deed. It's the proof of things that are not seen. For by it, the elders obtain a more favorable or a greater testimony. Verse 3, by faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God, so that the so that the things that, excuse me, so that the things which are seen were not made of the things which are visible. How are you framing your world? Did you first of all know that you can frame your world? By faith, we know that God spoke the world into existence. He framed it. He constructed it. What is your faith construct? Mm. What are you constructing? What are you building right now? Well, I'm, I'm building my family. I'm building my business. I'm building my, my, my followership on Instagram. No, 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 no. What are you building? Because before any of that comes, before any of that comes, the purposes, the plans, whatever you're putting pen to paper or finger to iPad, whatever, whatever those plans are, it starts in the realm that is unseen first. That's where you've got to really access it so that you can access it. So if you're watching this, you got to access it in the spirit by faith so that you can access it in the natural without struggle and challenges will come, but there's still a place of rest, right? Because you're, you know, your place of authority is seated with him in heavenly places. Faith is not linear. Faith is not, okay, when I am making 40 Okay, when I'm making six figures, when I'm making X amount of dollars or 70, whatever, a million bucks, when I have this amount of followers, when I have reached this age, faith doesn't have to wait on your timing. Faith is now. That means God is bigger than our timing. He's outside of time. He created time for us to function in. So yes, there's chronological time, but faith, hear me, is not limited to chronological time. It's actually governed by kairos time. That's a Greek way of saying 
It is the appointed time or God's timing. Because you know how we say, <laughs> he may be late, but he's always on time. God is never late. We might say, well, God, you didn't come when I wanted you to. You may not come when you want when, when you want him, but he's always on time. He may not come in your timing, but he always comes in a Kairos time. And faith is what accesses that. Mm, I need us to let that marinate just a little bit. Your deed, your title deed, your proof in the pudding is your faith. I know that doesn't feel right. doesn't sound right. It's Bible. So the proof that you have, whatever you're desiring, because Mark 11, 22, 23, 24 talks about that. Whatever you desire when you pray, believe those things that you say when you pray and it will be yours. So whatever it is, as long as it's in line with the word of God, obviously, right? Nothing's going to contradict God's word. So you got to know the word before you can pray the word so that you can access the promises of the word of God. Your faith starts where the word of God is known. If you don't know the word, that's okay. Start where you're at, acknowledge where you're at and start to read the scriptures. Pray into that, read it over and over. Allow that to meditate concerning what you're desiring, concerning what you're working towards. Allow it to be placed in your heart so that you can see the faith to see it and speak it out and declare it. Because faith is designed to be in Kairos. It's a timing of God. And we access it by being in alignment with the word of God. Now, faith is also a force. It literally can attract the very thing that you desire. It can attract the very thing that you hope for. We just read that in Hebrews 11. So fear is a counterfeit. Now, let's, let's, just, let's just put this out on the table. The devil is not the equal opposite of God. Let's just talk about that elephant in the room right now. God is not on the same level as the devil or evil. It's not the evil. The world is so strong. Oh, my goodness. You know, it's got to fight God. I'm no, no, God. God has placed the enemy under your feet. Read Colossians. <laughs> like, read Ephesians. He's placed all authority underneath the feet of Christ. And we are seated with him in heavenly places. So that means it's under our feet as well. So faith is a force. But because we know the enemy only knows how to mimic, he's not a creator. He's only a counterfeiter. He's going to try to manipulate and deceive us to think he's just as strong. Watch this. Fear is also a force. So the very thing you fear can come upon you. Be careful of what you think on. Be careful on what you meditate on. Job said it himself. Job 3, 25, 26 says, what I feared the most came upon me. He probably was meditating on, oh my gosh, what if my kids do this? What if my family does this? What if this happened? What if this? he was meditating? That is inverted, because uh, uh, you're supposed to meditate on the word, but it's inverted faith. He's meditating on the negative possibilities. It's a force. Because he said, what I dreaded came upon me. I have no peace. I have no quietness, he said. And I have no rest. I am in sheer turmoil. 
because he's been meditating on no peace, meditating on confusion, meditating on alarm and meditating on turmoil. He brought, he, he accessed out of the invisible, the very thing that he was fearing. I need someone to hear that. So be careful of what you think on. And we are to cast our thoughts and bring it down into the obedience of Christ. Faith will push you and propel you. But when you use fear as a force, it will pull you back. It will stagnate you. It will paralyze you. I remember, you know, if you've ever had like a nightmare, I thank God I haven't had I haven't had many nightmares, but I have had them before. And I remember being paralyzed. I remember not being able to literally move for fear because fear, the Bible says, has to do with punishment and it can actually stagnate you. It can stop you in your track. What is self-sabotage? What is imposter syndrome? It's fear. Let's call it what it is. And if we meditate in that long enough, you will stop your progress. You will self-sabotage yourself. You will believe that you are not who you really are. And that is just another trending word that, you know, we use in our culture to mask fear. Be careful not to stay there. It's okay when those thoughts come. They will come. They're going to come. But you've got to take authority. Remember, you are from another realm and you can dispel all fear, dispel intimidation. You don't have to be intimidated for that job interview. Oh my goodness, are they going to like me? Oh, can I even do it? Can I perform as I'm supposed to? Um, And don't, 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 don't convince yourself that it's over before it's even begun. You can write your scripts. You can rewrite your script. You can frame your world. And how you do that is with faith. So we also know that fear is driven out, however, when our faith is anchored in love. We got to talk about that. How's your love barometer, people? (laughs) How are you treating people that are closest to you? How are you treating your neighbor? Who's my neighbor? That's what the the, the, apostle, the disciples ask. Who's, uh, who's my neighbor? Well, your neighbor is anyone who is near you, nigh for, nigh, near you. In some cases, in that, par- in that parable that Jesus used talking to the disciples, it was a Samaritan, someone who usually walks on the other side of the street. That's a neighbor but you can actually be an instrument of love to people who don't look like you or who are on the other side of the tracks. That's what this realm uh, uh, dictates. That's what this realm uses as classifications. There is no classification in the kingdom of God. I will say that again. There is no class. There is neither no, nor male, nor female, Jew, nor Greek. Bond nor free. There is no classification. The planes are level because we are all seeing the same in God's eyes. So loving our neighbor is what fuels our faith. Check this out in 1 John 4, 19. I'm going to read. 
let's go right a little bit 19, we'll go jump into 20 as well. But perfect, complete, full-grown love drives out all fear, okay? So we know that there is no fear in love because perfect love drives out, casts out all fear because fear has an expectation of punishment. Let's jump down to verse 20. If anyone says, I love God and hates or works against, ooh, break that down, or works against his brother, his Christian fellow brother, his faith community person, or that neighbor, he is a liar. For the one who for the one who does not love his brother whom he has seen, the Samaritan, the person across the street, the person on the opposite cubicle of where you work, the person on the Zoom call, <laughs> if you're working against them, kind of resentful on the inside, you're not exhibiting love. And John says, then you cannot love God whom you have not seen. Because this commandment that we have from him is that the one who loves God should also unselfishly love his brother and see see to it and seek the best for him. That's what fuels your faith. You want to know why your faith may not be working? Faith works. Let's just get that out of the way. Oh, it didn't work. I prayed. We stood in faith. It didn't work. I tried that. I tried. We've got to stop trying the word of God and we've got to do the word of God. Don't be mere hearers only. And that's what James says. Charmaine would throw in and triers only, <laughs> but rather be doers of the word of the word. You've got to do the word. You've got to hear and you've got to apply. You've got to hear, you've got to apply. We know that in the world. We know that in our workspaces and our businesses. We've also known that to be true because of the word of God. So don't just say, yeah, 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 I love, but you're not actually showing it. Love is love when it's expressed verbally, in action, but it's got to be expressed. And, and we know that because James talks about it. You've got to be able to be doers of the word. Let's fast forward a little bit. We're coming towards the close. I hope you're getting something out of this. Faith over fear. You've got to choose because faith is a spirit. Fear is also a spirit. We know that fear is a spirit because um, we have heard Paul teach that to his spiritual son, Timothy, in 2 Timothy 1.7. The spirit that God has given you is not to make you afraid. His spirit that he's given you is a source of power, love, and self-control. So we know that the spirit can be attributed to the small spirit, small s, of fear. So fear is a spirit. Again, it comes, you don't have to take it in. God's given us a spirit of power, love, soundness of mind, self-control. We also know faith is the spirit, which is what fear tries to mimic. Remember, we're choosing faith over fear. Check out what Paul says also in 2 Corinthians 4.13. Yet we have the same, oh, this is like one of my favorite scriptures. Yet we have, we have the same spirit of faith as he had. Who's he that he's talking to? Well, Paul is writing to the Corinthian church here, and he's referring to David in Psalms 116. Because David slew the lion, slew the bear, and he did it by believing and then speaking. So watch what Paul says. So we have the same spirit of faith as he had. 
who wrote in the scripture, I believed, therefore I spoke. We, he turns us around now to the church in Corinth, we also believe, therefore we speak. I gotta ask you a question. What are you speaking? Are you not saying anything? The biggest thing that the enemy comes for is your speech. Because we know by faith, the worlds were framed by the word of God. You are created in his image and his likeness. You are another speaking spirit. So if you are not speaking anything, girlfriend, my brother, you ain't creating anything. You've got to believe in your heart that you're called for greatness. You've got to believe that that marriage is called to be whole. You've got to believe that your children were called to fulfill every day of that they've been given on this earth and their destiny as a sharp shooter. You pull that arrow back. As you take that arrow out of that quiver, you pull it back, that bow back, and you Release them in the direction that they're to go. You've got to believe in your heart. Therefore, you speak in alignment with what you believe. Paul said, we believed, therefore we also speak. If you're not speaking anything, you ain't creating anything. you got to open your mouth. That's how you release the spirit of faith. And God has given each and every one of us the measure of faith. We just got to increase it. How do you increase it? Faith comes by hearing. Come on, say it with me. And hearing and hearing the word of God. Love it, love it, love it. Okay. So as we wind down, let's hit this up because this I think is the big drum roll right here. If we had one, Nick, can you give me a drum roll? (laughs) I'm just joking. (laughs) I've got my own little drum roll happening on the inside of me. Okay. So this is the big clincher. How is the planting of the seed and how is the condition of the soil? Any good gardener, any any landscape artist knows this basic principle. My mother used to be, she's no longer with me. She's in glory right now. Um, And I will see her and I look forward to that, but not yet. As as the gladiator said to Russell Crowe, In the Gladiator movie, one of my favorite movies in the world, still to this day, he said, I will see my my family again, but not yet. Because he's got stuff to do. I've got stuff to do, y'all. You've got stuff to do. But know that the cloud of witnesses that are over the balconies of heaven are cheering you on. So if you've lost a loved one, I don't even know why I'm going here, but I feel like I need to go here. If you've lost a loved one that has been so dear to you, They are cheering you on. They want you to finish your course, finish your race. Don't stay seated down in despair. Yes, you grieve, but you need to continue your course. Run that course as if you have finished your race and you know that you're hitting that target. That was for somebody. Take that. (laughs) But let's talk about the seed and the soil. So the fear can come across as a seed. And faith is also a seed. And what I mean by that is if you plant enough thoughts, if you plant enough things through your eye gate, through your ear gate, through your mouth gate, come on, let's let's even throw this through your iPhone gate. Come on, watch your feeds. 
<laughs> some of us need to watch our feeds. If you need to unfollow some feeds, you need to unfollow them because these are gates. Your eyes are gates. Your ears are gates. What? Gates to the soil of your heart. And a seed will sprout. Watch this in Mark 4, 26 to 29. I'll read this. Just listen in. Then he said, this is Jesus giving another teaching moment. Love his teaching moments. Um, he said, the kingdom of God is like a man who plants seed on the, in, on the ground, in the ground, excuse me. And he goes to bed at night and gets up every day. And in the meantime, the seed sprouts and grows. How? He does not know. <laughs> the earth produces crop all by itself. First the blade, then the head of grain, then the mature grain. Or first the, 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 the blade, then the ear, then the full corn in the ear, some other translations say. But the crop ripens immediately. He goes out and puts a sickle to it because the harvest has come. So let's just talk about the soil knows how to grow it all by itself. You are watching the wrong feed on your iPhone or your Samsung, whatever it is, your Android. Come on now, that's going to get into the soil of your heart. And all by itself, it's going to grow. You don't know how. You just keep living. You just, every morning you're looking at that same feed. Every day you're listening to the news. You're listening to the negativity from that colleague. You're not ever speaking against or speaking up to override those voices. Or you're not shutting it off. You're not shutting it down. Your heart will nurture those seeds. And all of a sudden, you're now going to start thinking. Find yourself thinking along the line of that person you've been following or listening to or the news and the doom gloom it knows how to produce all by itself watch the seed that you allow to get in your eyes your ears and your mouth mouth by speaking in alignment and agreeing with whatever that is check this out faith is also a seed so faith is coming by the word and by the word of god so we speak faith we watch and we, 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 we do things that builds up our faith. We pray in faith. We read the word. We associate and listen to uh, the, 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 the instructions of faith, the word of faith. And the soil, this is the big aspect of what determines the quality of your soil that will either nurture or it will actually dissolve your confidence before God, watch this, is if you love yourself. Mm. So earlier on, we talked about loving your neighbor. You can't love your neighbor. You can't hate your neighbor who you see every day and say you love God who you don't see. You're a liar. Let every man be a liar and God be true. But how can you love your neighbor? Let's see what Jesus says right here in Mark 12. And remember who your neighbor is. Anybody near you. All right. So let's read 29. Jesus replied, this is the most important commandment. Hear ye, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Verse 30, 
Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind, and with and with all your strength. Verse 31. The second commandment is this. Love your neighbor as yourself. No other commandment is greater than these. You can't love your neighbor if you don't love yourself. Let's investigate what's going on in self. That's got to come from the conditions of the heart. John writes about this in his first letter. He says, if your heart, I'm just going to paraphrase here, turn to it on your own. Verse chapter three, verse 20 to 22, read that because it's like real good. You know what? I'll read it for you because if you're not able to pull over right now and you're listening, I want you to get this. John says, whenever our hearts condemn us or feel guilty, but God who is greater than our hearts, that's the good news. And he knows all things. Nothing is hidden from him because we are in his hands. Beloved, if our hearts do not condemn us or make us feel guilty. We have confidence before God. We have complete assurance and boldness before God. And we receive from him whatever we ask because we carefully and consistently keep his commandments and do the things that are pleasing in his sight. What's pleasing in his sight? Faith. And if you have an insecurity perspective about your identity and your worth, your value, who you are before God, if you feel like God is out to get you, that's a condemned heart. Because can I tell you, if you're listening and watching this, God is not out to get you. God is not waiting to zap you. That's not the nature of God. That's religious talk. That's religious dogma and probably some kind of junk that you picked up on the way that someone said. Watch the movie, watch the show. I don't know. But that's not God's heart. That's not who he is. He does not condemn us. And the biggest condemner, I'll even say this, is the enemy. But do you know how he really gets it into us? He gets us to believe his lie. And we start to condemn ourselves. When you are guilty or you feel guilty or you feel shamed and you feel like you don't have the voice, God doesn't need to hear you. Who are you to pray? You know what you did last night. Who are you to ask? You know what you did last week. You know what you did last hour. If your heart condemns you, you aren't going to pray in faith. The biggest enemy to your faith is condemnation. And that is driven by fear, fear of punishment. God's out to get me. That's not God. You've got to choose to believe the truth and override tradition. Traditionally, you've always felt like if you mess up, God's going to get you. (laughs) I knew I grew up like that. I used to be afraid of missing the rapture because I was in the club the night before. Trust me. Trust me. A good three years I was clubbing hard. Grew up in a Christian home. And I always felt like if that rapture comes, I'm left. I was so fear-driven, but I wasn't moved to repentance, to truly changing my ways until I was, ooh, watch this, met with the kindness of God. Mm. When I got to know his nature, that he's not out to get me, but he's kind, it's the kindness and the goodness of the Lord that leads men to repentance. That was when I was broken, when I realized, wow, you're not even who I thought you were. You're not 
stoic waiting with a, a thunderbolt to get me. Okay, so I'm on the dance floor in the club, whatever. You're here with me. Can we, we like wrap our mind around that? I know I'm pushing some buttons, but I'm just being real with where I've been. I was taught God would keep his angels outside the club because he ain't coming in the club with me. <laughs> because that's a devil's domain. And that's so not true because God loves everyone in the club. Up, all up in the club, God loves them. And I met God. God, God spoke to me on the dance floor. That's when I heard him speak to me. And I'll maybe another time I can share that story. But powerful to know that God wasn't out to condemn me. But I had to also allow him to heal my heart so that the seeds of faith could sprout properly and not seeds of fear. Because a condemned heart is a toxic ground and soil. God wants to heal our hearts today. God wants to heal your heart. Choose faith today over fear. And I'm just going to pray really quickly right now at the end of this podcast. Vantage point, you need to rise up and see from God's vantage point how he sees you. He's not out to get you. He's given you the measure of faith. He actually placed that dream in your heart that you want to do that business, that franchise, that restaurant, whatever it is, you that, that dream to be married, the, the, the dream to start that school. It's from him. And he promises to give you the desires of your heart. But you've got to trust him. And you can't trust him when you don't have faith. Because faith is trusting him when you can't trace him trusting him even though you're trembling but you're trusting and you stand on the word of God exclusive of feelings because faith is not a feeling faith is a knowing you gotta know come on now you gotta know that you know that you know that he's got you he's he loves you and he's with you so I just bless you in the name of Jesus right now father I thank you for everyone that's listening or watching this podcast episode, that they will be moved by your Holy Spirit to know that you're with them right now. You actually cause them to tune in when they did right now because you want their attention to remind them that you're for them. You're not against them. So I bless them in the name of Jesus. And I thank you, Lord, that you will empower them by your spirit to choose today life and not death, blessings and not cursing, faith not fear. Because your faith, God, that you've given to that woman, that man right now is the currency that's going to apprehend and exchange and grasp for them the very thing they're believing for. So I speak life and hope and peace and serenity and clarity of thought to you. That confusion that you've been kind of incubating, I declare it's gone in the name of Jesus. Illumination will come to you now in Jesus' name and in the next few days. You'll see. Trust him even when you can't trace him. Choose faith every day, all day, every year, all year over fear. God bless you. And I'm so honored to have connected with you again. And Nick, thank you for the opportunity. Have an amazing summer, everybody. And don't forget, take over. You're called to take over. This is the Summer Takeover. We're here to remind you that you're called to take over, take authority, and execute and exercise 
your God-given authority. Love you much, and we'll see you next time on the Vantage Point Podcast. Blessings. Blessings.